Well, you found me again. You are listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me. Today is Saturday, June 30th, 2018, and you are listening to episode number seven of the Silent Noise Project. Well, my friends, it has been exactly four years and two days since I have published an episode of this podcast. That's a damn long hiatus, and a lot has happened in four years. I'm not going to get into a lot of that. Uh, Most of it's quite boring anyway. I will say that the original topic of this podcast was going to be lies, damn liars, and the lying liars who tell them, as well as the lying liars who believe them. This was largely because I'd had a couple of job experiences, uh, yes, that one plus another one most people don't know about, uh, that I wanted to talk about. And this was not so much about the way that people lie to each other, although we've had a lot of experience of that lately, um, but about the ways we mostly lie to ourselves uh, and the reasons we do it. Well, needless to say... uh, (laughs) I told a lot of lies about why I wasn't getting around to doing this podcast. So here I am, finally getting this podcast kicked out. I've had a birthday recently. I've moved. A lot of things have happened. I think I'm in a fairly good place right now. So it's time to do a podcast. But first, a bit of theme music around our theme of lies. I should also point out that this podcast is a bit of a hodgepodge of sorts. I had recorded several tracks and then ended up deleting quite a few of them. So there are at least one or two tracks on here where I'm talking about things that got deleted. So if you listen to something here and you say, wait, when did he say that? Um, You're not imagining things. I did say it. I just ended up deleting it. So um, caveat emptor. Everybody learns to get what they want Why should I be different? Different. I'd like to know. I know what 
the Math and Physics Club singing Everybody Lies. They are, alas, defunct. Uh, I do believe I haven't heard anything else from them. That comes from Comfort Stand Recordings, which uh, is it is itself defunct. Uh, I played that song very early in the history of Project Wide Awake, episode three, I think, which was, I think, the first one that's still publicly available. Uh, the first couple of episodes had issues uh, I also put that into the Greatest Hits episode of Project Wide Awake, which was, uh, if I believe I have my notes here correct, that was episode 8, which was a lot of fun to put together. Uh, that is probably the prettiest, ugly little song I've ever heard, um, and that musically it's quite beautiful, but when you actually listen to the words and what it says about the human condition and humanity... Um, I believe it speaks the truth. Uh, it's just a very, very ugly truth. Uh, it is inevitably one of those songs that I can listen to over and over and over again and never get tired. And it kind of sets the tone for this episode of this podcast, even though I think I mentioned earlier I lost most of my no- Well, I've lost all of my notes. I forget most uh, of what I was going to say here, but I, I remember a few things. And A lot of this episode is going to be about the lies that people tell. That's just the nature of the human beast, I guess. We like to lie, unfortunately. So I'm going to talk about some of those lies. And uh, as Mark Twain famously said, there are lies, there are damn lies, and then there are statistics. Fear not, I will talk about lies. I will talk about damn lies. And I will not, I promise you, I will not talk about statistics Although I do promise you that 73.5% of the people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis are amazingly good-looking as a result of that. That said, uh, let's move into our main topics. Chapter 1, The Aceton Assimilation. The last time I did an episode of this podcast, or possibly another um, blog post, I mentioned that I had gotten involved with a project that I was quite excited about that eventually ended up going south. This caused a great deal of turmoil in my life, and it cost me quite a bit of uh, financial and personal expense. It essentially put a hold on my life for quite a few years. And here's the thing. 
it was something that initially I was quite excited about, that I thought there would be um, quite a future in. And I devoted, a, you know, thousands of hours to this thing. I mean, I was working 80, 90 hours a week on it um, for subpar pay, no benefits. Um, you can imagine the kind of thing. But I really was excited about it. I thought it had vision. I thought it had leadership. And I believed that it was going somewhere. Alas, it did not. And in looking back at it, which does take time, you need to separate yourself from things, um, I realized that there, there were warning signs, which in my excitement, I simply ignored. Now, anybody who knows me knows I'm a pretty big Star Trek fan, and there was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Booby Trap, and the whole point of this episode is that the Star Trek Enterprise, under the command of Jean-Luc Picard, remember the old, white, bald male captain, um, uh, finds this ancient battle cruiser and uh, begins to explore it. And then, you know, they, they can't figure out why their power is going down. And it turns out that this ancient battlecruiser wasn't lost because it suffered damage during a battle. There were these little devices called aceton assimilators uh, in this asteroid field. And what they did was they sapped your energy slowly, surely, and inevitably. And, of course, when the ship ended up completely losing power, the entire crew died, and um, that was the end of the battle for them. My point here is that there are aceton assimilators in real life. There are those things, and they are often people, that will drain your energy without your realizing it. It's a slow process, and it's an inevitable process. Once they discover that they can do this, they continue to do it until you are basically an empty, dried-out husk. Like the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, there are warning signs, and it's pretty easy to ignore them. I found out in retrospect that there were several warning signs I ignored. Uh, for example, there were people involved in this project that had been there for 10, 15, 20 years, who had come in an hour early and stay an hour late to work on things, and suddenly they weren't doing that anymore. Their job requirements were that they started at 7.45 and they were pulling into the parking lot at 7.44. Uh, their job description said they were done at 3.15 and 3.16 they were on the road and out of there. And uh, they weren't like that before. And these were key people. These were important people. And it, it was a lesson to me you know, to pay attention to these things. You know, in the old days, we would uh, put a canary in a cage and drop it down a coal mine to see if there were poisonous gases. Uh, and there are still such things in real life. There are canaries in the coal mine that we need to watch out for. I didn't do that to my cost, and uh, I do believe that I will make that mistake again in the future because that's human nature. We learn from our mistakes, but we sometimes fail to recognize that we are in a similar situation. My point here is this. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, shame on both of us. Um, I don't want to get to a third time. I've been there once, and I've been there twice. So, 
But that's basically it. Pay attention to both the positive things about what you're working on and, and the negative things. When people drop out, why are they dropping out? Sometimes people lose interest. Sometimes they uh, find something that's more attuned with their talents, and those things are fine. But when people who really put their heart and soul into a thing are suddenly just putting in the minimum effort required to get through the day, that's a warning sign, and you should pay attention to that. I failed too, and I paid the price. I'll probably fail too again, and I'll pay a smaller price. I think I'll be better prepared for that in the future. But that whole episode of my life I'm calling the Aceton Assimilation. And I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. Number one, it helps me compartmentalize things. You suffer a bad thing, you get through it, and you're done with it. Put it behind you. It's in a can now called the Aceton Assimilation. I also get to use that word, and it uh, reminds me that I, you know, and it reminds other people I'm a big fan of Star Trek and science fiction in general. Plus, you can't say the word aceton without saying the word ass, and that's a lot of fun. Let's listen to something interesting.
We are now come to Chapter 2 of our podcast, Chapter 2, Manufacturing Malapropisms. And I say that because as a, a person who has worked as a, as a teacher in the past, I've given that up, uh, you, you have your summers off in a way. If you are independently wealthy or have no children or anything like that, you can spend your summers actually resting, relaxing, going on vacation, going to rehab, whatever. Or you can spend your summers taking classes or working on curriculum or in some other way preparing for the next school year. Or you can spend your summers working, hopefully at a job that will uh, pay you enough money in three months to keep you out of the poorhouse, because that's the nature of teaching. So a few years ago, I was, I was quite pleased, actually, to find this ad on Craigslist. And was I desperate? Uh, apparently, I must have been. So I'm going to read you the ad, and then I'm going to read you the between the lines part. So the ad says, and the title, the title is, Production Associates, $10 to $11.30 an hour, starting! Exclamation point. And then it gave the name of a city about 20 miles away from here, so very, very, very doable. Would you like to work for a leader in the automotive industry? Look no further. We're working to match you to a flexible schedule now. No experience is necessary. We will train you to learn best-in-class practices. We are recruiting production associates for a large manufacturing client based out of the city. As a production associate with this manufacturer, you will be gaining experience in advanced automotive technology systems. We offer flexible schedules. Choose full or part-time, exclamation point, and then a colon. Eight hours. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ten hours. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Responsibilities. Test machine operation. Checking proper motor function and fan rotations. Inspecting for proper damper function and sealing and correcting shipping mode. Repetitive assembly, quality inspection, pulling cores from conveyor, sorting, clipping wires to hold core, etc. Maintaining area and machine cleaning. General warehouse duties, including pulling products, parts picking, forklift, material handling, inventory, auditing, lifting boxes on skids. Qualifications. We will train you! Exclamation point. No previous requirement is required. Sorry, no previous experience is required. High school diploma or GED is required at time of hiring, but not required to start. Okay, so a lot of bait in that particular ad, and I bit. I called. I, I applied online, and they called me back right away because I'm obviously way overqualified for this job. So I, I had printed this thing out, and I, I, I took notes on it. Um, they offered a two-hour orientation, day-long assessments that were paid, drink a lot of water, you get free t-shirts, I needed large. You know, when you put in your social security number, don't use any dashes, make sure you fill out your tax forms, your background release, the last seven counties you worked in for whatever reason. When you hired into this company, which they assured you could be as soon as 90 days, you would make $13.60 an hour upon higher end. Uh, you did need steel-tooled 
steel-toed boots or shoes, which I had. But anyway, it, it all sounded very, very promising. And of course, the reality is that, um, well, let's just let's just go through this and, and let's parse the words that they use. Okay, first of all, production associates. That means employee. Okay, if they're not going to give you more money, they will give you more title. And I don't think there's any more title possible than production associates. You're not an employee. You're an associate. You know, everybody everywhere is an associate nowadays. It, it means nothing. It's meaningless. So, you know, would you like to work for a leader in the automotive industry? Well, they're not going to start out by saying, would you like to work for a company that's going out of business? We're working to match you to a flexible schedule now. Basically, that means we have no idea what your hours will be, but we will do our best to screw you over as much as possible. No experience is necessary. Yeah, let's just drop that right there. You know, when they say no experience is necessary, you are starting out at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. Um, and in fact, you probably will not rise much higher than the bottom. We are recruiting production associates for a large manufacturing client. Basically means this company doesn't want to take the risk of hiring people directly. They're having that much trouble finding people. They want to be able to bring people in, train them, fire the ones that don't work out without bothering to try to figure out why they're not working out, and have as little risk as possible to themselves. So they don't care whether you succeed or not because there's always some other guy right behind you. What comes next? As a production associate with this manufacturer, you will be gaining experience in advanced automotive technology systems. It's advanced because you clock in and out on a computer screen. That's about as advanced as it got, folks. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you're using some pneumatic tools, but you're basically taking parts off, or off an assembly line and screwing something onto them and then putting them back on the line. It's really, really boring work. So. Responsibilities, test machine operation, checking proper motor function and fan rotations. Yet, yeah, is the part good or not? I mean, it, they make it sound like you're working in a lab with a lab coat and some goggles and, you know, you're hooking it up to test equipment and, you know, you're, you're getting ready to start up a nuclear reactor. No, you're sticking your fan in the thing and your finger in the fan and making sure it spins. Uh, inspection for proper damper function and sealing and correct shipping mode. In other words, do the little flaps go up and down? Put your finger in there and check. Is there foam tape all the way around? If not, be sure to put some foam tape on there. By the way, you have exactly six seconds to do that. Repetitive assembly. You're going to be on your feet doing the same damn thing five to ten times a minute for ten hours a day. Quality inspection. If the sucker fails, we're going to come back and find you and fire you. Pulling cores from the conveyor. We're going to put a box that's about two inches higher than you can actually reach, and you need to get the cores out of that, which means you need to stand on your toes to get it and stretch and have repetitive strain injuries. Sorting. Again, put the good parts over here, put the bad parts over there. If you can't tell the difference, we're going to fire you. Clipping wires to hold core, etc. I never clipped wires. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Uh, maintaining area and machine cleaning. If the line goes down for any reason, grab a broom. 
general warehouse duties, including pulling products. Yeah, because we don't have enough people to like go over to that line and get the raw parts you need to work on this line. We're going to recruit you to go over there and get them. Okay, and try not to get run over by a forklift. Uh, parts picking, same deal, only smaller boxes. Forklift, only if you have a license. And apparently they don't care if you drink because that was the experience um, I had at least. Uh, material handling. You know, that sounds so fancy. Material handling. What did you do on your last job? I was a material handler. Everybody on every job handles material. Everybody. That means nothing. Inventory, auditing, lifting boxes on skids. You're not going to do any inventory, and you're not going to do any damn auditing, I guarantee you. But you're going to lift, do plenty of lifting up boxes and putting them on skids. And, of course, the qualifications. We'll train you. No previous experience is required, which means... Basically that, I mean, you you could have, I mean, you could have flunked out of McDonald's Academy and they will still take you on because you are fodder for the mill. This is an employment agency. Their job is just to get as many raw recruits into this factory as possible and let the factory sort them out. So they don't care if you're qualified or not. They basically care if you're breathing or not. And of course, they tell you all sorts of things. Well, you can hire in after 90 days. I talked to people who were employed by this company, and I and I said, well, you know, how long have you been working here? And, oh, five, six years. Do you enjoy working here? Yeah, it's not a bad company. You know, we get good benefits. Um, I'm like, so did you start out as a temp? Oh, yeah. So how long did you have to work as a temp before you hired in? Oh, like two years. Okay. The temp agency, of course, tells you 90 days. It is not in their best interest for you to be on their books for 90 days because then they don't make any money. So they don't mind keeping you on their payroll for two years because they're making money. And the company itself doesn't mind keeping you on the temp agency's payroll because they can let you go anytime you screw up. So a um, bit of a false dichotomy. The thing, though, where they say they offer flexible schedules, I wanted the 10-hour days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because I wanted the rest of the week to do other things. So when I got to the company and, of course, passed all my tests with flying colors and everything, they said, well, what shift do you want to work? And I said, hey, I want that 10 hours a day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And they looked at me like I had an extra head growing out of my shoulders. They said, we don't have a shift like that. And I said, really? Because the temp agency said you did. And they're like, no, we've never had a shift like that. Again, this is the temp agency trying to get as many people into this place as possible and hoping some of them are going to work out for a couple of years so they can make their money. Now, this is all lies. Okay. It is lies from day one because the temp agency is like one of those angler fish that sit on the bottom of the ocean and say, hey, look, I've got this nice little worm, but it's really part of their head. And then when you go after it, they open their big jaws and swallow you and you're dead. Uh, the production company is, of course, probably a little bit complicit in this and that they say, you know, you can say whatever you want to the employment agency. I don't know that they actually did. So... Um, but they certainly uh, did not make things very easy. But you know, it's a manufacturing environment. I've worked in manuf. You know, <laughs> again, look, look at look at the terminology I use. It was a manufacturing environment. That means a factory. That's just a euphemism. I mean, I've worked in factories before. I've worked in lots of factories. It's factory work. You know, it's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. It's not supposed to be satisfying. 
it's supposed to be a paycheck is basically what it boils down to but obviously they're both hoping here that you will find something greatly satisfying and meaningful in this work you know again who do i blame can i blame the manufacturing company can i blame the temp agency hey i'm the one who fell for it hook line and sinker i went into this thing and said hey this could be something you know especially when they say hey you could get a promotion you could become a supervisor you could become a supervisory supervisor uh yeah right i mean uh, needless to say, I, I worked there for about three months and then realized that this was a huge crock of shit uh, and went on to bigger and better things. But just a reminder, read between the lines when you see job offers or see job advertisements. Do not let them lie to you and do not let you lie to yourself because you'll take it, especially if you need the money. Anyway, let's have some more music. Hello. 
We come now to Chapter 3 of tonight's podcast, Chapter 3, The Winter of My Discontent. I wrote earlier on my blog post, I wrote earlier on my blog post uh, about a health scare that I had back in January of this year, and of course I had to follow up with my doctor, and my uh, annual physical is in April. The year before, she had said, well, your cholesterol is really high and you need to work on that. You also need to lose some weight. This year, she said, well, you also have gastric reflux disease, and your blood pressure is really high, and you need to lose some weight. And, you know, I realize that having some health issues is part of getting older, but, and I asked her that. I'm like, is this, you know, the way I live now? And she said, no, of course not. Your problem is you need to lose weight. You know, you're not terribly overweight, but you could lose 20, 30 pounds, and all of your health problems would go away. Eat more carefully, get more exercise, lose weight, and you'll be fine. And here's the thing. I knew that. And I've known that for years. And it was always like, well, tomorrow I will start eating healthy. Tomorrow I'll start getting more exercise. Tomorrow I'll, you know, it's too hot today to go out and exercise. There's still some leftover pizza in the refrigerator. And you know, you make all sorts of excuses. Well, I'm running out of time to make excuses here because the results of not doing any action like that are starting to catch up with me. So I have actually started eating more carefully. I've uh, I've been going to the gym that I had been paying for without going. So if you were going to my gym and enjoying it and saying, wow, it's really cheap to go to this gym, that's because I was subsidizing it for you. You're welcome. Now other people can subsidize it for me because I'm going there on a regular basis. 
Um, and I've lost weight. The weight has started to come off, which is good. And I've been keeping an eye on things and it's good. But, you know, for the longest time, I just, I just kept lying to myself and saying, I will do that tomorrow. And I tend not to be a procrastinator. I like to make lists of things that I want to get done and then chuck things off that list. I like having that sense of accomplishment. Being healthy, losing weight, eating correctly, that was something that, um, you know, it's hard to break down into single things that you can do in, in five or ten minutes or an hour. So while it went on the list, it never really got done. But I kept lying to myself and believing that lie that I would eventually get around to it. Um, it took uh, it took a Friday evening in a hospital to, conv- to convince me of that, and there were a couple of other things. But our health, in general, is one of the things that we lie to ourselves about and that we believe ourselves about. This is no big, huge revelation you know, for the longest time, I simply believed that I would do it later on, and I never got around to later on. And uh, now I've been forced to, and I actually do enjoy it. I had a minor setback. My doctor put me on uh, blood pressure medication to bring my blood pressure down, and it worked really, really well. Unfortunately, one of the side effects for a lot of people is a terrible hacking cough. And it just got to the point where I was so run down because I would wake up every couple of hours in the middle of the night to cough and hack and and, uh, yeah, of course, you have to get up to drink water because your throat's so dry. I got to the point where I was drinking about a gallon and a half of water a day, which actually is not a bad thing. It really flushed out my kidneys, and it really does help flush all the sodium out of your system, so it lowers your blood pressure. But, you know, it, it was it was all I could do to get up and get up in the morning, get out of bed, go to work, uh, do what I had to do, come home, and just about crash. I mean, it, I was just so exhausted by the end of the day because I was getting no sleep. So I I finally got off that medication. I've been off it for about a week. I'm sleeping pretty much through the night now. I still have the, the, the odd cough, but I'm looking forward to getting back on my regular exercise schedule and um, cooking healthy food and eating healthy food. It's a struggle. I mean, I it's I mean there's a McDonald's on every corner. And if not McDonald's, it's some other fast food restaurant. Uh, it's hard to go to the grocery store and buy any kind of food that doesn't have a a ton of salt in it, even something like canned beans, which is supposed to be very healthy for you because they have lots of fiber and protein, still have a ton of salt in them. Unless you're doing all of your cooking completely from scratch, it's really hard to avoid some of that stuff. So I'm working on it. I just, it's the thing of it is, I just quit telling myself that lie. I quit lying to myself and saying, oh yeah, I'll have time to deal with that later. Um, There are people right now in, in the cemetery that said that and they never got around to it so I don't want to be one of them and I'm pretty sure you don't want to be one of them either so uh, get healthy eat eat well get lots of exercise get lots of <laughs> get good sleep you don't necessarily need a lot of sleep if you get really good sleep so um, that's the last lie I think I'm going to tell myself for a long time and I'm, I'm a realist there because I know I'll probably lie to myself about something else in the future that's it. That's that's how I live now, much more healthily. So weight is coming off. I've been meaning to write some blog posts about it. I haven't gotten around to it, but that'll happen. So you can you can help track you can track my progress if you'd like, and and uh, maybe that'll be a way that'll help other people that are going through the same thing. So, but I understand what it's like to lie to yourself about that. Uh, we have time for one more song, so let's do it. <laughs> Countrymen, hear me shout! I've got the whole thing figured out. Get a little bit, get a little bit, the whole thing. Got the whole thing figured out. Get a little bit, get a little bit, the whole thing. Got the whole thing figured out. Get a little bit, get a little bit, the whole
Chimes at Midnight. You have been listening to, in some weird postmodern way, the personal blog of Kenneth John Odell. That's me saying these words. Feel free to comment, but remember, oh hell, that guy from Poland gave up long ago. It's been a long time, but be nice anyway. Let's take a moment to thank those folks who helped make this show possible. 
Everybody Lies by the Math and Physics Club. I played back on uh, Project Wide Awake number three. That was in July of 2011. It was a long time ago. That song, of course, is still available from Comfort Sand Recordings, and I thank them for their efforts here. Hello, this is Tech Support by Tiny Folk is from their album Black Bears. Alas, Tiny Folk is no longer a group, but you can get most of their music still from the Free Music Archive. I played that song back on Project Wide Awake number nine. Ant Neely is still out there doing things. His song, What This Country Needs, is available from his album, Not Fit for Human Consumption, which you can get from the Free Music Archive. I played that not terribly long ago on Project Wide Awake number 10. Interstitial Music is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Links are in the show notes. In Some Weird Postmodern Way and The Silent Noise Project are copyright 2018 by Kenneth John Odell and are released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. If you want to know what that means, or for more information in general, please visit creativecommons.org. You can always find all of these podcasts at blog.kjodle.net. That's blog.kjodle.net. I've also provided a link to the feed in the show notes, so you can follow them on your favorite music player. As always, thanks for listening. Be safe. Think good things. Do good things. Have a good evening.